Hey, hey, welcome to my podcast. My name is Allie, and this podcast is all about motherhood. Straight, no chaser. Before I get into today's episode, let's go ahead and make some space. I want to clear the air by doing some breath work, and you can do it with me. Inhale, female strength. Exhale, negative self-talk. Inhale, peace. Exhale, perfectionism. Mm. (sighs) (laughs) Inhale, self-worth. Exhale, dimming your light. All right, let's say to ourselves, motherhood looks damn good on me. And I am my child's superhero. And this is why they call me mama. All right, sis, we are ready to start this episode. Go ahead and turn me up. Come on. No, no, no. This way. Let's go this way. Good job. See the roly-poly? Okay. Just killed the roly-poly. Okay. So thanks for joining me on episode two of They Call Me Mama. Right now I'm outside with my baby. We're taking a walk. And we're just enjoying this beautiful weather. So what better time than now to give my birth story of how she and I became mother-daughter. The crazy story and let's just jump into it. Okay, you want to sit down? Hold on. I think we're done walking. There we go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. We'll sit on this park bench for a second, okay, baby? So, the birth story. All started on May 22nd, 2020. Pandemic style. Um, it was pretty crazy. I'm, I, I don't even know where to begin. Other than on the day of there's so much that happened obviously like going through the pandemic being pregnant and then being concerned on whether or not you'll have a regular pregnancy and uh you know all of that 
So let me just start the birth story this way. When I first started feeling her kick at, I want to say, oh, let's see, hi V, a couple months in, and uh, Greg and I, my husband, my wonderful, wonderful husband, um, were watching The Joker, and <laughs> I'm watching the Joker and obviously if you've ever seen it you can understand like how heavy it is and I thought man my stomach is rumbling uh maybe I ate something too many sweets or something like that but then I got in bed after the movie was over and it was just like the smallest little butterfly flutter oh my gosh it was the cutest thing ever sure enough those kicks were just the beginning. My baby, my baby was on a full roll after that. Uh, fast forward to the day before I gave birth to her. And uh, actually, let me rewind. Three days before I gave birth to her, I started seeing signs of like spotting and, you know, being my first baby, I start freaking out. So I call my midwife and my nurses and I'm like is this normal of course I'm googling everything and um come here babes come here uh-uh I see you thinking uh-uh uh-uh come on come on yeah so they say, oh, just if you're not feeling contractions, just wait and, um, you know, feel it out and just sleep through the night and just kind of, you know, keep an eye on the contractions. At this point in time, they were very mild. I didn't really even think that they were contractions. Just thought they were Braxton Hicks. And uh, that was the first day of my three day, um, three days prior to going into the hospital. And then um, the day after that, my sister came down and we were hanging out. She was like, hey, I know you've got about a week before you go into labor. So why don't we just hang out, have some sister-sister time? Because she's my twin. And um, obviously we've been together forever. And um, we just kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time before things changed. Um, so that was nice. But then she was like, you know, are you feeling okay? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like these, these cramps are kind of, they're consistent, but not consistent. Knowing good and well, I had been timing these things and I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, okay, they're a couple minutes apart and I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that like tightening of the stomach. And it was just insane. I couldn't believe it was happening. So, um, we decided, Ari, uh, well, let me rewind. My husband said, why don't we go get something to eat? Let this be our last little dinner date together as a couple before baby. And we went and got some seafood. That was cool. And then, um, then we decided, um, when my sister came into town that she and I would go out to eat. So this is the day before labor and I'm having contractions and, I was like, Ari, I don't know if I can go um, 
do the spa day and get my nails done and do this. I'm so, so tired. And when I went to the bathroom, what are you doing on the floor over there? I see you. I do. I see you. When I went to the bathroom, my mucus plug came out. And I was like, yo, I thought this happened like last week because, like I said, I had been spotting a little bit. And I'm over here thinking I'm doctor nurse. Uh, thinking I know what's going on with my body. And, um, nope. Went to his bathroom. That baby was there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. Okay, okay, okay. Chill, chill, chill. So I told my sister, and she's like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And then she's getting all excited. You know, have you seen the movies? Once things happen, they start happening, and you think, okay, we need to go to the hospital. So I said, I don't think it's going to happen like that. It probably will take a, you know, a while, maybe even a couple of days. So I'm not going to stress. Let's do this but, um, and get ready. I already had my bags packed. My husband was at work. He came home early, and I decided, well, let me go out to let me go to to lunch and um, before I go to lunch let me just check in with the doctor and see if I need to do anything so when I told them about the whole mucus plug thing they said well why don't you go ahead and come in and we'll see oh don't be afraid of the truck it's okay it's just a truck it's just a truck um why don't you go ahead and come in and, and decide, uh, we'll, we'll see how you are and see how dilated you are. I go in, and at this point in time, I didn't realize that my blood pressure was creeping up and not going down. Um, so they, they told me, and at, up until now, I had, I had planned to have a natural birth, a little water birth, and I'd done everything I had the room reserved everybody was just uh super supportive I had my naturopath people I had my midwife all of them and they took my blood pressure they were like "Ooh, is this normal and I was like no I'm just probably nervous and I said okay we'll give you a couple minutes I took it again and it was above the threshold in which they're comfortable to have a natural birth in their facility so they told me that I had to opt out of natural birth at their facility and that they were going to schedule um, for me to go in to the regular hospital that night. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is all starting to go really fast. They said, we'll, we'll let you go in at 7 o'clock. I said, 7 p.m. tonight? Yes, yeah, 7 p.m. tonight. Oh, my gosh. Okay, fine. I'm crying. I had to I had to go ahead and shut that door to natural natural birth. And um obviously whoever, you know, if you if you have wanted a natural birth and it didn't really go the way you had planned, you understand how devastating it can be. And um you know, I was not prepared. I didn't even consider what it would like what my birth plan would be in a regular hospital. So um I got home and my sister decided we should still go to dinner or lunch. And uh, then after that, we would go to the hospital. So I said, okay, let's go to, go to lunch and we're talking. We had a great time. Get back home. My husband's home. He's like, how are you feeling? I feel fine. <laughs> but at that time, I started having contractions even more 
And I'm like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm like fighting it the whole time because I, I tell myself I'm going to I'm going to labor naturally as long as possible. This is the little bit of natural uh, beginnings as much as I can have. This will be like as natural as it can be. I'm not going in prematurely. So I lay down and they were pretty bad. Like they weren't great. I'm timing them, timing them. And my husband says, well, if they're so many minutes apart, then we're going to have to go in. And I'm like, okay. So I'm timing it on my phone. And the minutes that he had said, I forget if it was like two minutes apart or what. Either way, they came. And he was like, how much is it? I was like, I mean, like, I still think they're fine. He says, tell me how many minutes apart they are. And I tell him. And he was like, oh, my gosh, you need to go. And I'm like, I'm not going yet. So then I'm like, just go ahead and, and relax. Go do what you need to do. Run your errands. By the time you get back, 7 o'clock, I will go. He says, okay, that was our deal. So my sister runs me a bath. And I'm in the bathtub just, like, realizing how crazy things were about to get in terms of, like, I'm about to be a full-on mom. Like, whoa. So, um... I get out of the bathtub and I put on a dress and I go and my sister at that time was starting to make her um, like, you know, freezer meals for me. And we're talking, talking, talking. She recorded some of it, which was like, thank God, because, man, I was out of it. She's like, how are you feeling? What do you think? Are you excited? Da, 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 da. All I could think about was, I can't believe I'm not having a natural birth. So obviously I was frustrated. But I was trying to be grateful and excited at the same time. Um, anyways, so then we we hung out for a second. My husband came home, and at that point, the contractions were were intense enough to where I was all right with going in at like around six six thirty, and um, drive over there. My water had not broken yet, so I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't think we need to be rushing. So we get into the waiting room, and the lady at the front desk says, "Well, I can't find your name." And I said, "Well, they sent all of my information over, so my name should be on this, on this, on this roster. Like, <laughs> I'm getting a room." They're, okay, well, let's find you. So, anyways, they didn't have any of the information, which sucked, and. I was like, you know, these people, if I had been in the natural birthing center, I wouldn't have all this crap be happening. But, um, so I'm waiting in the waiting room. They tell me, hey, because of COVID, um, we'll have to sanitize the room for you and you may have to wait here for a second. Okay, I'll wait. Waiting in the waiting room, contractions get worse. And Greg is like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, but man, these things are tight. Um, come on, let's go this way, baby. Let's go this way. Come on. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, my love. It's okay. Hi, doggy. So then, um, okay, contractions get bad. And, um, after that, like, we're still waiting. It was like an hour.
hour. I was like, what is taking so long? Sure enough, I don't know. I didn't feel a pop or anything. I just felt like a release, kind of like, uh uh-oh. And I said, babe, look at my dress. I said, is there water on my dress? And he gets up and he was like, uh, yes. Not a lot, but yes. And I'm like, I think my water just broke. So <laughs> I tried to put her in her seat. She was like, not having it. All right, I'll carry you. So um, I'm like, I think my water just broke. So I go to the bathroom. I look in the mirror and sure enough, water broken. And I looked at myself, like I looked at myself in the face. And I was like, this is really about to happen. Like, sis, are you ready? Like, I don't even know how to feel right now. So I walk back. I tell the lady, hey, I think my water is broken. Um, You know how long it will be before the room is ready. She goes and she checks. And right when she goes through the door, the nurse comes back. And she's like, we've got your room ready. And um, you can come on in, blah, blah, blah. I go in. And I think the worst part, honestly, and I don't want to be like, like a... Demi Downer, but the the roll with me here. Uh, Yeah, roll with me here. I thought I was having a natural birth. So when I got into the room and I got strapped up to the baby monitor so they can track the heartbeat and my monitor so they can track the contractions, I was like, I feel like a I feel like a little test rat. Like, I'm not comfortable at all. So, if you know anything about anything, anxiety or stress or, like, fear really can play a part in um, how you labor. Okay, let me get into this elevator. I know, my love. Um, yes. Here we go. I know. Going up on Tuesday. So, um, it really plays a part into your labor, and I just was like having so much anxiety, and I'm like watching the contractions, and um, I. Hi, baby. Thank you. Here we go. Having anxiety over it, not comfortable. And, um, oh. (laughs) And then so they test me for COVID. Like, they stick the little um, Q-tip up my nose, which was like WTF, because... I'm over here in labor, and you want to stick a, a thing up my nose, which is fine. Okay, fine. And, um, oh, y'all, get in this door. Tell you what, real life is probably the most unconventional podcast ever. Okay. So they test me for COVID, 
came out negative. It was fine. Um, and then they're like, okay, uh, you can labor as naturally as you want. Um, if you, if you want to lay down and let me tell you guys now, do not lay down when you're going into labor. If you are a first time mom, you're pregnant. Um, let me sip my coffee. You're pregnant. Um, you're going into labor. Your water breaks. Do not lay down. Walk. Walk as much as you can. Bounce on the bouncy ball. Do whatever you can. And then have somebody, if you're going through like really painful contractions, have somebody who can talk, to, talk on your behalf. Because there were so many things that I um, wasn't even able to get out because of how much pain I was in. And thank God my, my husband was there. But guys, like we're talking about like the pandemic. Like we weren't sure if he was even able to, even able to be in there at first. So um, anyways, off my soapbox. Going through the contractions. At this point, I'm laying down. Um, beans, you can't pull all of that out. Laying down and... When I tell you, it felt like someone had walked in the room with a gasoline tank, poured a nice, good dousing of gasoline over my uterus, pulled out the longest matchstick, swiped it <laughs> on my, I don't know, on my stomach, like, poof, and lit my uterus on fire. Every time a contraction came, that is the best way that I can explain it. I felt like I was being tortured. So I tell my husband, I'm like, we need a safe word. Like, he's like, are you sure you don't want to get an epidural? I don't want an epidural. I want to do this naturally. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, well, what's our safe word? So our safe word was pineapples. And I said, ask me multiple times just in case. Okay, just let's, let's just make sure we're really, 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 really sure before I get a, an epidural. He says, all right. So we're going, going, going. We are laboring. A couple hours go by. They say I'm doing very well. And then a girl comes in. She's young, maybe in her 20s. She comes in. She's like, okay, I'm going to take your blood or whatever. And I say, okay, so they're looking, or I think they had to stick an IV in. They had to stick an IV. So I'm like, um, okay, my, my veins are not the best. And I and I've packed on a few pounds, little nice fluffy pounds. Uh, so I'm just going to forewarn you like that. Like, like, don't go fishing in there. Make sure you have a pearl. Straps me up, super confident, goes in with the needle. And if you've seen an IV needle, you already know what the deal is. Those bad boys are huge. So she can't find my vein. I was like, oh, no, this is what I told you was not about to happen. Like, I definitely said, get yourself like a pro. Are you good? Like, so she says, oh, I'm going to call somebody from downstairs. He's really good and he'll find your vein for you. Couldn't find it, couldn't find it. So they're slapping my, my, my arm, and then they're like, let's try the other arm. Okay, let's try the other arm. They call someone else in. And she comes in. She's more confident, and she actually found it. But I'm still in labor, and my temperature, like my, my temper was definitely 
on 10. So I'm like, if somebody doesn't hurry up, because first of all, I didn't want an Ivy in the first place. But you insisted, and now you're fishing in my veins. So they find the, um, they find my veins, start an IV, and then they're like, all right, we're gonna leave you alone for a little while. Let's make sure your straps for your, for your monitor are okay. Oh, come on, baby. Hello. Yes. Hello. I, I know, my love, we got to get your shoes off. I know, you're sleepy. It's nap time. Um, let's make sure your straps are okay. Baby's all right. Cool. So, again, I'm telling you guys, I'm laying down. And they leave. They dim the lights. Everything's cool. Greg is on his phone, chilling. Then he starts ordering some food. I'm like, all right, we'll order some food. I'm not hungry, but you can order it. Lady, the, the nurse comes back in. And she's like, hey, I just wanted to readjust your your straps um, because I kind of lost baby's heart rate. I was like, what the? So she, she finds it again. And obviously, more anxiety. I don't need this right now. So um, they reposition the straps. And um, I'm trying to get comfortable. They tell me, hey, do you want this? damn peanut guys don't don't use the peanut i don't even know why it's there like what are they trying to do with people who are going through labor it's not comfortable hi baby i know i see you so i'm trying to use the peanut i tell him look just take the peanut away i don't want it um and then um they come in again and they say um we're gonna we're gonna readjust it. We're gonna readjust the straps again. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, we keep we keep losing baby. The words you don't say are we keep losing baby. Okay, like what? What? So um, at this point, they tell me that my contractions are fine, but I'm not dilating very fast, and baby's heart rate keeps going down whenever I contract and they're just monitoring it and I'm like okay well is it me what do I need to be doing should I be like should I be up like what 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 do I do in order to dilate more what do I do in order to keep baby's heart rate from going down come here my love come here come on my love yes So, um, I'm like, okay, okay, fine. Like, I'm trying to put on a good face. I'm just concerned about getting this baby out. Trying to focus, trying to do my positive thinking, trying to do everything I had practiced at home. Um, you know, I've got Greg massaging my back and um, just trying to be there emotionally for me. So, um... After that happens, the contractions got obviously more intense. And, and at, at this point, I was like, look, pineapples. And he was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. But 
okay, let me wait. Let's let let me wait. Let me be like some badass mom and and prove to myself and everybody. Obviously, I was trying to be like a really strong woman um and and you know not tap out so he was like okay well let's just let's just see how it goes um maybe you're almost there maybe let's see how how dilated you are maybe you can just kind of um get through it now with an epidural you can get an epidural up until a certain point and then after that it's a no-go um you're too far along so i was kind of just at that cusp where I needed to decide whether or not I was going to get it. And um, at this point, Greg came in with his food and he's about to sit down eating the Mexican food. And I'm like, babe, you can't eat that in here. He was like, what do you mean? I'm not allowed to eat it. I was like, no, you can, but I can't handle the smell. And before he could do anything, oh my gosh, it was so sad because he just, he had opened the, the container and everything. Before he could even take a bite, I throw up. And I'm like, you got to throw it out. Like, you got to throw it out right now. So he throws his whole meal away. It was so sad. I couldn't, like, I could smell it that much. Even when it was wrapped up in the bag, I was like, no, no, no. You got to you gotta throw it out. So he throws it away. <clears throat> He's such a good husband, you guys. Because he wasn't even mad. Um, and I'm like, let, let, me, let me try to get out of the bed. And it was so painful. I got out of the bed. I go over to the um, the sink to wash my face because I was starting to, you know, get hot and then cool. And it was just so much going on. And um, and I lean over. And this is why I say don't lay down in the bed. As soon as I got up, it was painful. But when I leaned over, it felt so much better. Oh, my gosh. So much better. Um and I just, I was just like, why didn't I do this before? Why did these damn nurses tell me, don't lay down? Like, I, I, I need for them to be as invested into this as I am. Not realistic, sis. Just, just, it just wasn't. They weren't. They were just concerned about getting the baby out, and that's it. So, um, while I'm leaning over the sink, I fall asleep standing up. I wake up. And to contractions, and I just told Greg, I'm like, I, I have to get, um, I got to get an epidural. So he says, is this pineapples? Yes. This is my second pineapples. Let's do it. All right, we're going to do it. So we, I get back on the bed. They call the uh, anesthesiologist, and um, he comes in, tells me what he's going to do, tells me to lean over. He says, if you have a contraction coming in, just try to breathe through it as much as possible. I'm going to get it in fast. Okay, cool. Bet. So he gets in the, he gets the epidural in. And y'all, oh, once it kicked in, I'm talking about the best sleep I had in the whole nine months. I knocked out so hard. And, um... I, but I, 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 the nurses came in and they woke me up and they were like, okay, um, no problem. We're just going to readjust and da, 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 da. And I'm like, what are you guys looking at? They're looking on the screen and there's these little squiggly lines that are monitoring um, my contractions and baby's heart rate. Apparently. <laughs> Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Apparently, every time I was having a contraction, her heart rate was dropping. 
and it wasn't rebounding. Ow, you cannot bite me. Oh, guys, I'm still nursing. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, um, whenever, whenever the contractions would come, baby's heart rate, heart rate would go down. Seems like this is pretty normal, but, um, the rebound was taking a long time, uh, to get back to normal. And they called the, uh, doctor who was supposed to deliver her and they were letting her know that, you know, it was starting to look a little hairy. So the doctor said, okay, we'll just monitor her, let her continue to labor naturally. Um, don't, don't do anything until I get there. So I'm watching and watching. And by this time, I can't sleep because I can't feel the contractions. But I understand that my baby is in, in, in slight distress, maybe moderate distress. And I don't know what to do about it. So I'm watching the, um, watching the monitor. And every time her heart rate would go down and not rebound, I think it would beep. Any, there was something that was hap- that would happen that would alert me um, and let me know that the heart rate was still down. So now the nurses are coming in every couple of minutes and I'm like, it didn't come back up, did it? And they're like, well, no. And they're trying to stay positive, which I hated and loved, but it was just frustrating because I'm like, like, don't, don't play KB. Like, don't, don't, don't make me feel like it's better than what it is. Just what are we going to do? So let me, let me, let me, let me go ahead and keep on going. Um, you don't need all the hairy details. Um, the doctor comes in, she introduces herself. Wonderful, wonderful doctor. Um, she tells me, look, Hey, I've got two kids and I know what I would do if my baby's heart rate was not rebounding as fast as I would like. I'm going to, because I know you want to do this naturally, I'm going to let you continue to labor, but I'm also going to monitor you, and I want you to be comfortable with allowing me to get this baby. And I'm talking about C-section. And the way she put it was just like, very matter-of-fact, but also like, very calming and I appreciated that so um so I said um okay so she came back in I think maybe an hour later at this time it was like almost three o'clock in the morning it was like 2 15 I believe she says okay so here's the deal baby's not doing great and we're gonna have to go in and get her if you're okay with that and I said, well, like, what would you do? How far am I dilated? I wasn't dilated enough, you guys. And again, I'm going to rewind back to the fact, like, if I had been walking around or if I'd been doing this or this or that, I do feel as though she would have come naturally. But I didn't know. I I just didn't know. And um, she says, do you trust me? Like, because I can do this. And I'm like, look, let's... Let's go. Let's do it. At that point in time, I had gone into mommy mode. And this is why they call me mama. Because I went straight mama bear. 
I went straight mama bear. I'm going to protect my child at all costs. You need to go get her? Go get her. Don't even think about me. I'm not, at this point in time, I'm not concerned about my body or the incision or the anesthesia or whatever. Come in and get this baby. This is my, this is my lineage. And I'm not going to be so selfish into thinking, no, I want to just do it naturally. And I care what people will say, because apparently there are people who say if you have a C-section, then you haven't really birthed a baby. Like, what the fuck? I did, and she's alive and healthy and well, and you're not about to come for me like that. Um, so they go in, and, and, and um, well, let me let you know about this. If, 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 if you're a mom and C-section might be on the horizons for you, let me just let you know. Go ahead and, and shave or do whatever if you care about that. But go ahead and, and handle your business down there because they're going to have to do it anyways. I had um, some nurses come in. They shaved my nether regions and put all that brown stuff. I forget what it's called um, to kind of clean clean and sanitize everything. Um, I'm almost done, babes. I know. We'll go take a nap after this. Um, so they go down there and they're, they're, and oh, and, uh, I had to wear a catheter. Like, whoa, I, I did not know that that's what they do when they go in, 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 in do the C-section thing. Like, yo, you're talking about like feeling, um, not exposed, but vulnerable, man, dude, catheter and all. So they wheel me out. The anesthesiologist puts this stuff on my back and he like plasters it with some tape and plastic over it. And it's supposed to help me. Um, uh, it's supposed to do something. What is it? It's supposed to um, help with the incision. Right. So I got cold and my whole back got cold, like freezing cold. And he did say that that's what would happen. But when I'm telling you, I got the shakes so bad. And I was just like, like, shake, 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 like hardcore shaking. And Greg was like, are you okay? Is this normal? And they're like, no, it's normal. You know, she, she also might be a little nervous. But yes, it, um, apparently the medicine can have um, effect, some some sort of effect on you that makes you shake a little bit and feel cold and also give you a little bit of anxiety so now imagine this your legs feel like logs because of the epidural and then you're starting to shake and because of the the uh, medicine that they give you to prepare for um your c-section can't feel anything guys i'm telling you i haven't had anxiety like that ever um, but I was just trying to relax and think baby's coming, baby's coming. Greg is here. I'm, I just need to relax because baby can feel all of that. You don't want to stress her out any more than she's already stressed. So we go into the OR. I look over at the clock. I think it's like 2.35 and they're like, okay, here we go. Everybody has got like their scrubs on, covered faces. It's all white in there. And then 
they lift up the little blue part around my stomach. There you go, baby. There you go. You can have that. Lift up the little blue part around my stomach, and I feel a little bit of tugging. That was a little unnerving as well. A little bit of tugging here and there. Um, they're digging inside. I, I'm trying not to be as gross, but I have to keep it real with you guys. Like, because how will you know? Like, you need to know. Yeah, they need to know, baby. So they're digging, digging, digging. And all I hear is, okay, Dad, look up, look up. Here she is. Say hi, baby. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, she is out. I can't wait to see her. And I look over, and she's so tiny, you guys. Yes, you were tiny. She's so small, and, and they're just telling me, um, and by now, you guys, I'm, I'm all, like, doped up. But they're telling me, um, look at the baby, hold her on your chest, and then they take her away to go get her cleaned up a little bit. They ask me, do you want to wash her off? No, I don't want her washed. Um, and that's an option that you guys can um, decide on whether or not you want to have your baby washed. But from what I read, it's better to just keep, you know, all the goopy stuff on them, um, you know, it's it's just better. I have to read up why that's better and let you guys know um, in the other episode. But they didn't clamp record for a few minutes because it's better to have that blood come in there and just kind of like warm. Uh, don't eat that. It's healthier for the baby, boosts their immune system. And then um, they finally, they... They clamped the cord after a few minutes, and they went, and they said, okay, she's weighing in at five pounds, and in my ears, I'm thinking, five pounds, dot, 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 okay, how many ounces? I'm waiting for the ounces. <laughs> this baby came in to the world at five pounds even. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, I mean, you know, when you're following the the birth birth tracker or the pregnancy tracker on your phone it's so cute because they're like oh your baby's the size of a pea and a blueberry and now it's the size of a watermelon and you're expecting to get this really chunky baby um you know to come into the world and when she came in at five pounds i was like wow okay little girl you are little you're you're itty bitty and um tell me that she has Mongolian spots, which are just a hyperpigmentation on her skins that look like birthmarks, but they're blue. And um, she had a skin tag on her ear, just like different little things that make her unique. And I was, I was surprised. I'd never heard of any of these things. Um, so they let, they let, they let her go to Greg, and um, you know they're starting to sew me up, and. Um, one of the doctors comes over and he says, this is really interesting. Um, this is your placenta. How in the, guys, excuse my language. How in the fuck am I supposed to know what the placenta is supposed to look like? It's a big red blob to me. I just became a mom like two seconds ago. How would I even know what a placenta is supposed to look like? All I know is it's supposed to come out with the baby. So they say, it's, it's, it's a lot smaller than normal. I'm like, okay. And, you know, it's, it's, it was starting to um, wear out over here in this little corner. I'm like, okay. And, um, you know, oh, I think we'll send it to pathology. Okay. So, um, 
Let me go put this baby down and finish this story later. Hold on one second, you guys. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> A couple hours later, to be honest. And the baby's out with her dad. I am supposed to be relaxing. We had a rough night last night. This baby was tossing and turning, and then she wanted to wake up at six. But I digress. All right, let me go ahead and finish this. All right. I get comfortable as I lounge. <laughs> oh, last time I just lounged. Okay. Focus. All right, so I stopped at the doctor pointing out the placenta and how much my baby weighed. And um, let's see, we'll wrap up the story. It may take a minute, but we're going to get to it. So I see baby, Greg sees baby, everything's great. Right now, it's like about almost 3 o'clock in the morning. And they roll us out. And, um, oh, by the way, I said something about the medicine for the C-section. Something was on my back, and I'm not sure why it was there. It was taped, but the IV was used for the medicine to go um, towards the C-section. So there that is. Um, so we go to the room and if you're, if you're not familiar with having a C-section, um, it may be news to you to, um, to have a baby not be really decongested. It'll sound as though they're, you know, a little phlegmy or have some mucus in their nose it'll sound like that um, typically what I've read is when you have a vaginal birth delivery all the liquids and the um, amniotic fluid gets squeezed from their lungs and is able to be expressed as they come through the vaginal canal not so with the C-section. So we get to the room and baby is having a hard time, you know, breathing, inhaling. And I'm like, okay, how in the hell am I supposed to be breastfeeding this baby if she can't breathe through her nose? So all I hear is like the little girls, girls, girls. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm already like... <laughs> I'm already in, in, in this mode of like awe and, and anxiety because I'm like, this is, this has been a little stressful for us both. Hi, my name is mom. What's yours? Um, so I tell the nurse, she comes in, she's checking on the both of us, tell her, Hey, um, she's not able to breathe through her nose. She's inhaling through her mouth. Guys do not come for me, especially the nurses. I love you guys. But every baby is different, okay? My baby was breathing through her mouth. Don't ask me how. All I know, 
all I know was that she was doing it. This woman comes up to me after I tell her, hey, she's breathing through her mouth and I don't know how to breastfeed her um, while she's trying to breathe because she's congested. And she says, well, babies don't breathe through their mouth. They don't know how. I could have done some really not nice things like, I don't know, cuss her out, backhand her. I don't know. You name it. It's just like, don't tell me what my baby can and can't do. I'm literally sitting here with her. So they come in, they, um, um, they bring in a saline, um, spray nozzle thing to kind of flush her nose out. When I tell you that this is where, how do I explain it? This is where my trauma started more or less I could I I managed the c-section I managed it but when I saw my baby um go through things that I didn't want for her to go through at like the at like the the genesis of her being in this world I got angry and um you just kind of feel I've heard so many things where mothers have have um, a harder time with connecting with their baby when they go and they have a c-section um, but in this case I don't know maybe God was looking out for us and he created a bond immediately because of what we were going through and it started with that, the saline spray. So they take the baby, and I say the baby because that's how she was handled. They take the baby, and they spray her nose. They suction it out. Um, she's irritated by it, but it was fine. It did not help. Um, but I just decided, you know what? I've got to get this colostrum going. I need to get her you know, latched on, let me do my part, um, so that she's good to go. So I'm breastfeeding and breastfeeding, giving her breaks here and there so that she can breathe and, and, um, you know, really, really trying to get into it. Um, I mean, first time moms already know, like, you got to get comfortable really fast. This little human being who you don't know, um, is breastfeeding from you um so so you're kind of more or less thrust into a position of being mother and caretaker uh almost immediately having the baby inside of you and and having that connection is so much different than having the baby outside and in real time and like where it's just you and her or him now. So I'm getting used to that. We're getting comfortable with each other. And it's the cutest thing because she can smell me now. And she's just like, where is mama? Where, where, like, show me where the food, where the food's at. So while we're bonding, another nurse comes in and she says, I just need to take her sugar since she is SGA. Now, don't come for me, but 
I didn't even know what that was. My whole life, I'm thinking, SGA, like when you're in high school, a student government association or whatever, whatever. I had to Google SGA and apparently it stands for small for gestational uh, age or something like that. So when they realized everything that I had told you, like the deteriorated placenta, her birth weight, and um, I think it was one other thing that kind of led them to, you know, take some extra steps in making sure that she was all right. Um, I think that's kind of where it, it led to. And um, I was like, okay, let's go ahead and take her sugar. I'm sure it's fine. They take her sugar and it's tanked. So they say, well, keep feeding her colostrum. We will come back in a little bit and take her sugar again. So they come back and they take her sugar again. And um, the worst part for me was how they were taking her sugar. Very similar to a diabetic. Very, very similar. You get pricked. So they were taking her foot and they were pricking her heel. And um, the first time, yes, I was not very happy. I, I was rubbed. I was definitely like, okay, you got the sugar, you got the blood, get out of my room. The second time, I was like, babe, they got, they got like 0.2 seconds to get out of here and stop hurting my baby. I'm going to need them to go on and be about their business. The third time they come in, now baby is crying, her feet are bloody. And I had to ask them, I said, how many times are you supposed to do this? Well, we're just trying to see if it's getting any better. And, you know, we may have to come in here one or two more other times and take her sugar again. And if it's not any better, then we'll have to take her to NICU. By this time, I am bawling, shaking, bawling. Um, because when I'm looking at my perfect baby, and I see that she's bleeding and hurting already. I just, it broke my heart. And then, you know, Greg was in there the whole time and, you know, he's getting upset too. He's, he can see how much it's bothering me, but also how, how much our baby had to go through hours after being born. So I know, you know, there are a lot of moms that go through things 
right off the bat and this is just my personal story i'm not comparing to anybody else's pain if it was greater or lesser you know i have no jurisdiction in that i'm just only telling my story um and clearly it's still a little painful for me but um they came in again and uh they pricked her one more time and i said look find another find another solution we need another solution. What what does that look like? Well, we'll have to take her down to NICU. Are they going to be pricking her down there? Well, they won't be pricking her down there um, because they have, you know, a glucose drip and they'll be able to monitor her and we can let you rest. And of course, I told you, mama bear mode had been activated already. So I'm already like mid growl take the baby downstairs, fix her, and bring her back to me. Um, <laughs> so they take her, and I just remember her being wheeled out of my room and feeling as though someone had just ripped my heart out and taken it from me. And I didn't know what would happen or if she would be okay. So then I went into like, what can I control? What can I do to see my baby? How can I get her back? And um, so they come in and they take my blood pressure. <laughs> and I'm laughing now because I'm like, what did you guys expect? Um... They take my blood pressure. Then previously, when they had been taking my blood pressure um, during labor, it was fine. It was a little elevated, but it was fine. You guys, as soon as they take baby away, my blood pressure went through the effing roof. And then I got on the radar. Now they're trying to fix me. I'm like, I feel fine. I'm fine. Well, I don't think so. We look like it looks like you may be experiencing some high blood pressure and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, um, I feel fine. I just want my baby back. So, um, in my mind and in my heart, I still believe that um, blood pressure and everything just kind of went through the roof because of of how I was feeling, of how I was feeling, and how how just. So, they take my blood pressure. They realize it has gone sky high. We're talking upwards of 170s, high 170s over maybe 100. And um, they tell me, hey, we need to give you some blood pressure medication. We need your blood pressure to come down in order for you to be able to go see your your baby. Right now, you can't go anywhere. You can breast pump, and your husband can take it down to the NICU while you rest, but right now you're, you are on bed rest, and um, yeah. So for the next three days, 
I wasn't able to see baby and um, it really that was one of the hardest times in my life um, and I did I tried so hard prayed so hard I was like God you know what what do you need from the both of us like what can I do right now my baby is on a glucose drip and I have to go see her to be all right, to feel all right, to get better. I have to go see her. Um, and I need for this milk to come in. If you know anything, like for real, for real, they, they, they say colostrum comes in, um, you know, upon birth, maybe a day after, but the breast milk takes a few days maybe like one to two days I didn't have that time not in my mind not when someone says you're not going to see your baby until your blood pressure goes down oh and by the way whatever you can squeeze out whatever colostrum you can squeeze out uh, you can send it down with your husband to the NICU but if you're not able to get enough out, then we're going to put her on formula. I was so triggered. Nobody wants for their baby to go on formula right off the bat. Not if you can help it. And if you do, fine. You're, you're, you're not the group I'm talking about. I'm just talking about regular schmegular moms. So I was facing all of that, and I decided, you know what, God, you're going to have to make me superwoman. And I started pumping. I started pumping like my life depended on it. And colostrum came out at first. And I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't very impressive. But those breast pumps that they have at the hospital are fantastic the medellas um mine was like the rolling medella they have the trans transportable ones where you can you know plug into while you're traveling um and those are fine but man they brought out the guns with this medella taught me how to clean it taught, gave me my own sanitary um connections and tubes and everything and like I said I, I pumped like my life depended on it or like her life depended on it and when they came in a few hours later to check on me the blood pressure was still through the roof they asked me how do I feel how do you feel do you have are you seeing dots are you lightheaded are you know how's your temperature all of these different things I'm and I kept saying I feel fine I feel fine Okay, well, we're just going to give you this medication and, you know, we'll put you on the pain meds for your C-section and we also have to press on your stomach. Okay, okay. All right, do that and get out. I got breast pumping to do. So, yeah, a few hours after that, my breast milk came in and it was just enough. And I kept praying. I was like, God, these little baby bottles... You don't have to fill them up for me. 
and I need like the good good the liquid gold milk milk and he did it he really pulled through um every three hours on the dot I had a bottle waiting for my husband um I mean you're talking about exhausted but it was so worth it and I know they were doubting because when I was finally able my blood pressure had gone down a little bit and I was finally able to go down and see her in the NICU and um I was a little upset because she didn't have any clothes on and she was sitting under like a little a, a little background really quick. I was raised in the south and the way we kept I had I was raised on a little farm and the way we kept baby chicks warm was by sticking them under a heater at night. So I get in the room where she is and she looks like my little baby chick. And I got pissed. I asked one of the ladies, I said, is there any way we can put some clothes on her? Oh, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And uh, again, it was really, um, oh, my goodness, trying so hard not to cry. It was really difficult to see my baby, who was perfect in my eyes, have an IV in her hand. And... um you know, a monitor, I guess, on her foot. Um, and and to see the little bruises on her heels. They hadn't been rubbed off. So nobody, I guess nobody took the time to take a little alcohol swab and wipe them off. And when I tried to do it, it was just caked on there. Um, but I got to hold her, and I got to breastfeed her. And, uh... Oh, at this point in time, I will say, Greg had gone to get some food. So I had, I'm over here like being rebellious. And I, I, I um, managed to, to uh, convince one of my nurses that I was fine to be able to walk down there by myself. And I'm all like walking mad slow um, to get down to the NICU. And they're like, wow, I can't believe you're walking. And, you know, the C-section and all. And preeclampsia, which, by the way, I didn't know I had preeclampsia until I got home, like, a week later. Um, But it was so funny, because I finally get down there, I sit down, and it's just quiet in there, and I get to hold her and breastfeed her, and I, I made this song that really pulled me through, and it pulled her through, too, because she's so strong, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Um... But I made this song, and I'm not going to sing it because then I'll start crying, but I will say the words. The words are, I believe in you and me because we're meant to be. I believe... In your dreams. Because you can do anything. And then I just repeat it. And I say, um, I believe in you and me because 
we're meant to be. I believe in your dreams. Because you can do anything. And that's what got us out. That's what got her out of the NICU. And I got back to my room. And um, that's what helped me power through the intense blood pressure medication uh, that they gave to me. Um, And that's what, that was like our little secret song. And, um, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So, um, three days later, my nurse comes in and tells me, and I'm, I'm really, um, skipping a big chunk of the blood pressure thing because it sounds redundant, but it was very difficult because my blood pressure just wasn't coming down and um, the doctors didn't know what else to do except for just kind of wait and see and um, I will say that I had one doctor or one nurse come in a little African American nurse she came in wonderful spirit and this was the day before I was going to get my baby back and my doctor had told me that if I get consistent low readings on blood pressure, then um, I could leave. And um, if if my baby had consistent high readings on her glucose, then she could come back to me. So, the nurse came in, and uh, she took my blood pressure, and she's like, okay, just relax. And I was like, all right, and she takes it, and I remember she had a mask on that had these red lips that were smiling, and these white teeth and everything with like that sparkle thing on it, like the ching, and um. I don't know. She really made me happy. She had a wonderful spirit. But um, <laughs> she strapped me up and she, she took my blood pressure. And you guys, <laughs> um, God was definitely looking out because I was in the stroke zone. I think my blood pressure was 180 over 100 and something. And I looked at her and she looked at me. She looked down at me and she said, you need to calm down. I'm not going to let you see the blood pressure. And um, I am going to talk to the charge nurse. But just relax. And I said, okay. And then after that, my doctor came in and we talked about what the next therapies would be in order to get my blood pressure down. And we tried a little cocktail of this and that finally got it down and those nurses the good ones they were really supportive and rooting me on and in just absolute celebration 
once they got the news that my baby could come back because she had also gotten some good glucose ratings as well. So uh, that was day three, day four. Um, the nurse came in the next day and told me uh, baby could come back and that if I had another good reading that morning, I could be discharged. And I mean, it, you guys, it took everything. And you, my husband will tell you too. He'll tell you that, I mean, he could have just... <laughs> <laughs> he could have blown the whole hospital up. He was so ready. He kept packing up bags, packing, 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 packing. I'm like, babe, we have to go to another room. By this time, I'm not really sure why. We'll just chalk it up to it being COVID. But we had to go from labor and delivery to, like, um, the place where you are supposed to be discharged the day after. I forget what that wing is called. But we had to go back and forth, back and forth. We changed rooms at least four times and uh, that was the most stressful thing so he was so through once we got that good news he wrote on that like there was no tomorrow he's just like well you know what she's had a good reading you guys said we could leave papers please oh well we just want to take one more test you can have one more test but we're still leaving so I really appreciated him for that and to be honest, we're in a place where, in regards to family, we're a bit remote. So, us relying on each other um, for different things has been just imperative. And when we went through that, and it was just literally us, I mean... It definitely got us stronger and made us more tight. Um, we have been married going on, going on three years. And uh, last year was year two. So um, that was pretty interesting. That was pretty interesting to go through. And I don't think I could have asked for a better partner to go through that with not only was he my doula he was my midwife he was my just companion and my protector he was everything and he still is uh, not just for me but also for our baby now um so, uh, anyways, this is a happy story. It's a little rough, but it's a happy story because I got the baby. I got that girl. I got her. Y'all heard it. She was in the background. She's fantastic. So smart. So bright. You know, she's tiny but mighty. She's hitting these milestones, crushing them. She's advanced, you guys. It's just been a blessing. And um, if I could give any advice on this episode, it would be that if you're an expecting mother, 
particularly first-time mom. Be prepared for the unexpected and be fluid. Stay positive. Understand what you believe in and hang on to that. Be positive. And I'm reiterating that because it is so important. And I intend to have more episodes about um, other birth stories and other women who have gone through this pandemic either being pregnant or having delivered while uh, going through the pandemic. Um, It's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. And it's one of the reasons why I feel my baby came early. I could have been more optimistic. I could have rested more. And this isn't the I coulda, shoulda, wouldas, but I am giving advice coming from a standpoint of hindsight being 2020 now. And I was one of those frontline workers and it pushed me. I had people coming closer than six feet to me and I have anxiety and I go home worried. I I go to work worried. I'm exhausted. I think like, you know, what is my baby coming into? What did I do? What, how, how can I protect her? Oh my gosh. How's it going to be when I'm no longer able to keep her inside of me, protected from the world? How do I show her that this world is still okay? Tons and tons of thoughts racing through my mind. Pushing and pushing, pushing, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a loyal person. And if I have a task at hand, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. But did I push it too hard? Probably. I probably didn't listen to my body like I should have. The aches and pains and you know the things that you go through when you're pregnant and my anxiety for going through a pandemic and not knowing what's on the opposite side of that for waking up every day and thinking God please just watch over me because I need to stay healthy for this baby I cannot afford this to go wrong so My advice would be stay positive. Tap into your faith points. Have fun. Write down the crazy dreams that you are going to have because they're ridiculously crazy. Chart your baby. Understand what to look for in the ultrasounds. Understand what doesn't seem normal and know what your plan is for that. Um, And uh, just be prepared. If you want a natural birth, prepare for that perfect natural birth story and that experience. But also, be the boss that you are and have a plan B.
and be all right with plan B and C and um, let people help you let people help you Uh, what an episode what an episode well if you've made it this far uh, let's take a deep breath in deep breath out and understand that everybody's birth story every mom's birth story is different and they're all beautiful in one way or another you're going to grow so much just by going through this and it's one for the books every single birth is one for the books so that's all I've got and um, I don't know sign up to Patreon if you haven't already send me a letter because the deal is this you send me a letter I read it and if we have a expert on the topic that we're um, addressing on a particular episode we will read that letter to them they will answer it and or if you have a comment send me a story let me read it out on on the waves and get it out there if you have you know, an experience that you have gone through and you just need to get it out to the world. I will be your speaker. I will shout it out to the world. Um, And uh, we'll just keep this thing going. So, um, (laughs) over and out.